Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us at Life Family Church Podcast. We exist to reach, disciple, and empower people to live in the fullness of God. If you're new to our church or want to learn more about us and what we believe, you can check us out online by simply going to lifefamilychurch.net. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Open your Bibles, please, to the book of 3 John. We're going to pick up this morning a little bit on divine healing. We left that off, and we're going to pick it up a little bit more. This could be something for your life for this entire year. Two things, prosperity and healing that you may need to concentrate on. Hallelujah. Prosperity and healing. Your brother Hagin said he had to concentrate on prosperity and healing on a regular basis because those are the two areas where it seems that the enemy will attack you in. Attack you in your body and attack you in your finances. Or attack you in both. Amen. So 3 John, chapter, 3 John 1, verse 2. It says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. So there are several principles in God's word pertaining to receiving your healing. So number one, we, just, we said this morning, is it God's will to heal? And the answer is yes. We read in Mark chapter 1, verses 40 and 42, it says this, And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down by him, and said, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus, moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him, and said unto him, I will. Be thou make whole, or be thou clean. And as soon as he has spoken it, immediately leprosy departed him, and he was clean. Then we read in Luke chapter 5, verses 12 through 14, it says this, And while he was in the towns, there came a man full of and covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and implored and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you are able to cure and make me clean. And Jesus reached out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left him. And Jesus charged him to tell no one that he might chance to meet. And he said, you go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your purification as Moses commanded for a testimony and a proof to the people that there may have evidence of your healing. So that's the reason why I said to you this morning that if you had a situation in your body or all that kind of stuff, you've been to the doctor and then God healed you, go back to the doctor and get a good report so that you can have a testimony among the people. Which is, that's good wisdom. So we notice it is God's will to heal. In Acts 10.38 it says, And how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost in power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So we know that healing is good. How many times have you heard me say this? Say, repeat after me. God good. Devil bad. Healing good. Sickness, bad. Joy, good. Depression, bad. That's the gospel. That's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Anything and everything that is good that happens to you comes from heaven. Anything that is tragic, anything that destroys, anything that kills, anything that steals from you is of the devil. Now, I was asked a question recently. Could sickness relate to us either sinning or not being obedient to God? And the answer is yes. But then there's also a manward side. Because if all we ever ate was Twinkies for two weeks, we'd probably end up sick at the end of two weeks. Because sickness comes from the fall of man. When you are born into this world, you are born into a sinful nature, a sinful world. Unlike evolution, things are not getting better. Things are actually deteriorating. So yes, there is a manward side and there is a Godward side. If all you ever do is work, 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 and you never rest, could you end up being sick? Absolutely. 
Was it due to possibly you not being in the will of God? No, you just didn't take care of yourself. But we know that the origination of sickness is because of sin, and sickness comes from the devil, because we know that John 10.10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. And Jesus said, I've come to give you life and give it to you more abundant. So the answer to that question is yes. If you're in disobedience, if God asks you to do something, and then you disobey Him, you can open yourself up to an attack from the enemy. It can attack your finances, it can attack your marriage, and it can attack your children because we've opened the door because of disobedience. I've asked this question before, even in LCU class. If Jesus did not go to the cross, would He have lived forever? See, some people say yes, and some people say no, but it's really kind of a two-fold question I'm, I'm asking. Okay, so watch this. Here's the answer. He would have died. Why? Because he disobeyed his father. So yes, he would have lived forever because he, had, he was sinless. Because the Bible says for the wages of sin is death. So if he didn't have the penalty, if he didn't go to the cross, he would have lived forever. But, but the penalty was his father asked him to go to the cross. So eventually he would have died because he was in disobedience. But if that wasn't on him, he would have lived forever because he was sinless. Listen, the wages of sin is what? Death. Was Jesus sinless? Did death apply itself to him? No. But if he was disobedient and not going to the cross, would it have applied to him? Yes. Why? Because he would have, he would have done what? He would have, been, he would have sinned. Jesus was not born of natural human parents. He was born of supernatural entity. Come on now. He was born of a woman, but he was not born of a woman and a man. Whoa, glory to God. Hallelujah. So we know that sin is part of the curse of the fall. So we're still under the curse of the fall and... Also in the Old Testament, it talks about that my spirit will not always strive with man, that he will live to be at least 120 years old. Kenneth Copeland made a covenant with God, an agreement, because Ken Copeland said it's not time for him to go home. He's 83. And he said, I'm going to live to be 120. And he said, either I will live to be 120 or Jesus will come. Jesus said, no man takes my life. I willingly let it down. Did you know that you could actually... Apply that to your own life. Smith Wigglesworth was 87 years old. He did not die of any sickness or disease. He gave up the ghost. But for about five years, he had problem with kidney stones. He'd be preaching and passing a kidney stone at the same time and have to run off the platform, go in the back, scream at the top of his lungs, pass a kidney stone, and then come back out and keep preaching. Where do you think I get? The only time I don't preach is when I'm dead. I'm going to talk like I'm healed. I'm going to walk like I'm healed. I'm just going to act like it's true. Amen. And then the manifestation will have to catch up with me. Hallelujah. hallelujah. I said hallelujah. hallelujah. I said glory to God. Glory to God. Amen and amen. So it is God's will for us to be healed and walk in divine healing. But it is also God's will for us to take care of our bodies. Come on, many times, you know, we eat things and we do things and we're just... Listen, if all you ever ate was McDonald's cheeseburgers... You'd be in trouble in 90 days. I'm serious. You'd be in trouble. You have one body in the natural. Your next body will be a glorified body. And you can eat it whatever you want. Praise God. Amen. It won't affect you. It won't affect you. But there's one body that you have. It's only one body. So you got to take care of it. Now, one of the things when it comes to your healing is that you have to operate in faith. Okay? Yeah. Faith is a real key to, to prosperity and healing. It goes hand in hand. You have to believe God. Don't ever lose faith. We are people of faith. We're preachers of faith. The message of faith. 
And God is very clear when He says, have faith in God. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, or He exists, and He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. One of the things I've noticed about God is if you see Him, because people don't, they don't know God. They don't know who God is. They don't know God is generous. They don't know God as a rewarder. They don't know God as a healer. They don't know God as a deliverer. Especially the generation now that are going to these, I, I guess they're user-friendly kind of churches where they don't preach a whole lot of gospel. It's always just positive motivation. They don't use a whole lot of scriptures in their sermons and things like that. So what's happening is, is people are becoming ignorant of the covenant that was cut by the blood of Jesus. And I'm not negating or putting them down. I'm just stating a fact. So we're, we are having whole generations who do not know, know, know about the blood covenant. We have whole generations that they don't know how, of their authority in Christ. They have we live, whole generations that if they're sick, you go to the doctor. And if it's God wills to heal you, even if they believe in healing, then it's, it's by circumstance or by chance. Don't know their authority. They don't, they don't know who they are in Christ Jesus. A, a lot of people don't know who Brother Hagin is or Oral Roberts. They don't, know, they don't know these men and women of God that have pioneered because these churches that have changed the power of God to the power of the lecture, the power of the image, power of the screen, the power of the lights. Woo, come on, come on now. That, that power that draws them, that actually appeals to the natural man's senses and not his spiritual being, they're losing out. They don't know who they are in Christ. And so we have a responsibility to tell them the truth because you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So you have to understand that faith plays a real role. And you also have to understand that Jesus is the express image of your Father in heaven. So if you see Jesus do it, you see Jesus say it, if you see Jesus act it out, it's absolutely what your Father in heaven is. So people don't understand that God is good. They don't understand that God is generous. So how do you know that? Because how we play our lives out, how we talk, how we walk, what we apply to our life scripturally. The Bible says you will know them by their fruit. People aren't what they say, they are what they do. Not what they say, they are what they do. The Bible is very clear. How do you judge a prophet or judge a prophecy? You are judge a minister by the fruit. Do you know the wife? Do you know the kids? Do you know what's their life like? Are they one way in the pulpit and a different way out in the world? Or are they the same person? Do you believe what you preach? Do you preach what you believe? Do you do what you preach? Or do you preach and you don't do? Because people aren't what they say, they are what they do. So faith plays a real big role. Without it, you cannot even be pleasing to your Father in heaven. So what is faith? Faith is a firm persuasion. It is a confident expectation. It is the title deed of what you believe. Faith is a belief system. Our belief system doesn't change the truth, but it changes the outcome of our lives. Because people today can believe, well, God's no longer in the healing business. He's no longer in the supernatural business. But that doesn't change the truth. See, one person knows the truth that Jesus and God is a supernatural, the gifts of the Spirit in operation today, and miracles happen today, and divine healings today. But then you have another person who said, well, I think that was done away with. I don't think God does that. And it's by circumstance. If it's God's will, then I'll be healed. And they, have, they, they succumb to that belief system, which is actually not biblical. And there are a lot of people that succumb to belief systems that are not foundational in the Word of God, it's because somebody said something about something. Like I said, it is foolishness to actually take biblical advice for someone who doesn't even attend church. It's like bathing with your socks on. Please do not listen to the Facebook preachers 
who could never make it in the ministry, whoever never went into the ministry because they couldn't serve in the ministry or they didn't serve in the ministry and never went to Bible school, but they got a worldwide ministry. Hallelujah. Okay, so operating in faith. Faith is a real key to anything. So what is faith? It is a firm persuasion. It is a confident expectation. It is the title deed of what you believe. Our belief systems has to line up with God's Word. This is the solid foundation right here. This is the road to keep you sane in a world of insanity. This keeps you in wisdom. Right here. Keeps you in wisdom. Keeps you in understanding. When people don't know what truth is, you know what truth is. Because the truth lives on the inside of you. This is your foundation to the foolishness of people's questions that are absolutely foolish that they don't know how to answer because they answer foolishly. But when you're asked, you will answer wisely. I now, I now understand the scriptures when Jesus talked about in Timothy, he talked about in Thessalonians, some of you will be arrested, and don't be concerned about what you would answer. The Spirit of God will speak through you to answer. Because whatever they're accusing you of, your accusers, you will be just like Jesus in your answers. A uh, Jesus caught this woman in adultery. The law says she's to be stoned to death. What do you say? Come on, Jesus, answer the question. What do you say? He was without sin. Let him cast the first stone. And then suddenly conviction from the Spirit of God falls on people. Click, 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 click. So faith is not complicated. Faith is simply belief. Faith simply believes what God has said in His Word is true and that it is believed in your own life. The complicated part is in the saying and the waiting and the receiving. That's the complicated part. The easy part is believing God, but it's in the saying, it's in the waiting, and it's in the receiving. Go to Mark eleven twenty three, please. Mark eleven twenty three and 24. We'll back it up in verse 22 of Mark. Jesus explicitly says this. And Jesus answering and said to them, Have faith in God. And then he gives us a principle. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever you desire when you pray, Believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. And of course, he goes on to say, and when you stand praying, forgive, because if you have ought against any, that your Father in heaven, which may also forgive you of your trespasses. And if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you of your trespasses. So let's back it up a little bit, if you would, uh, to verse 23. And I want you to circle some words that I tell you to circle, if you would please, in your Bibles. For verily I say, circle say, that whosoever shall say, circle say, unto this mountain, be thou removed and cast in the sea, and shall not doubt, circle doubt, in his heart, but shall believe, circle believe, that those things which he saith, circle saith, shall come to pass, he shall have whatever he saith, circle saith. So watch this. You have four says or saith, one doubt and one belief. Can you say that? Can you see that? So what is God trying to give us a message? It's in our what? Saying. Say Say three times to four times more than what you believe and what you doubt. Come on. So your saying is very important. It's creative. We know that to be true because in the book of Genesis chapter 1, it says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was out void and void, and so on and so forth. And the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. So that's the reason why Pastor Marie and I, we put a sayings list so that you can look at it every day or during your devotion time that you begin to say and declare out of your mouth. That's the reason why we declared this morning some, I'm healed, I am whole, I am blessed, my finances. We're actually taking words and putting them in the atmosphere which actually bounce off 
and are still alive today, still moving today. Many years ago, scientists discovered a way to take sound waves out of the atmosphere. So one particular time, they pulled a sound wave out of the atmosphere, put it in the computer, and it was a man preaching the gospel in Australia 30 years ago. That's how powerful your words are. So he emphasizes faith here. He says, have faith in God, but doubt once, believe once, but say three or four times. So when we say, by his stripes, I am healed. You are declaring a thing. I will be over this, whatever it is. Period. Go to the book of Mark chapter 5. Somebody say change. change. Say it again. Change. Say it like you mean it. Change. Say, Lord, Lord change, change me. me. Lord, Lord, change my neighbor. <laughs> no, Lord, change me. Change me. Lord, change me. Hallelujah. So say two to three times more than what you believe and what you doubt. Your saying will produce. Your saying will produce. Your saying will produce. Mark this down. If you're taking notes, write this down. Sometimes a season, a, a challenging season will come in your life. To see, God will see how you're going to act toward that season before you go into an abundant season or into a victorious season. I cannot tell you how time after time after time. You'll begin to recognize it. You'll begin to recognize if you're in a hard season, then it's a, it's a divine setup for the next season in your life. Because it seems, I don't know how he knows. I don't know how the enemy knows. I'm not sure if it's just based upon patterns in our lives. He knows our past. He knows our weaknesses. He tries to capitalize on that. But for some particular reason, when God is about to push you or thrust you forward, there seems to be a season of difficulty. And if you can make it past that season of difficulty, you have passed the test. And when you pass the test, guess where you enter into? Rest. And if you don't pass that test, you get to what? You get to Take it again. Take it again. Yeah. Okay. So now, learn to recognize. When you see that season coming, you go, uh-huh, I've seen this before. And then you go, I'm going to respond and not react. I'm going to respond differently. I'm not going to react to this. Because here's the deal. There are 30-day cycles that seem to operate in people's lives. And suddenly you find yourself, oh, here we are again. After you've been married 35 years, you can begin to see the cycle in your marriage. I now know the cycles in my marriage. And then I start forth giving warning. Up, oh, babe, here we go. Yep, here we go. Just making sure we know I'm going to be more patient. I'm going to be more loving. I'm going to be more kind. Yep, here we go. I'm just letting you know, babe. Yeah. So you have to start recognizing those patterns. This year, start recognizing the pattern. Start recognizing the pattern in your life if all of a sudden you find yourself not reading your word and you find yourself not going to church on a regular basis. What's going on? What's happening? Is Satan trying to drive you? Are you being driven? These are truths from heaven to avoid these circumstances that are going to come. Listen, he said, you will have trials, you will have tribulations. So why are you trying to get out of them so much? You don't get out of them. What do you do? You go through them. Praise God. Amen. You go through them. You go through them. Go through the trials and tribulations. Let God perfect character in you. Let God perfect faith in you. Let God perfect trust in you. Come, hello, somebody. We go through trials and tribulations to perfect us. The perfecting of the saints. You've heard it said, don't pray for patience. Don't pray for patience, brother. You, whether you pray for it or not, you're going to have to be patient. So they, why, why are you on your knees praying? It's coming anyway, period. You can't avoid it. You know, we're hitting some things today, aren't we? It's good things, though. Good things for our learning to overcome. Learn to overcome. It's one way to shout, I'm an overcomer! 
and then do it. Hello, come on, somebody. I don't know where these Christian cliches come from. I guess it just makes good tapes and makes good hyper services. People jump on their chairs and wave their hankies. I'm an overcomer! And then they hit the front door like, my God, my life's a wreck. And uh, I ain't overcoming nothing. He, that preacher said, I'm the head and not the tail. My tail dragging every single day. <laughs> the true test is when you walk out the front door. Make sure you walk out the door with your armor on. Praise God. Amen. Breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith. Come on, helmet of salvation, the sword of the Lord and Joshua. Your loins glittered with truth. Your feet shall with the preparation of the gospel. Come on, hello somebody. Keep your armor on. Keep your armor on. Recognize, listen, the Bible says in the book of Acts, we are not ignorant of the devil's devices. Don't be ignorant of the devil's devices. Don't just be coasting along. Because Marie and I were talking about it yesterday. I'm like, babe, why aren't these people thinking ahead? Why aren't they being proactive to avoid circumstances? She said, babe, our society lives in the now. They live in the moment. They're not thinking about the circumstances. They're not thinking about the consequences. They're just living in the now, right now. And they're coming out with books. You are the best you now. You're not getting any better. You're the best you now. How do you think that these motivational speakers who drop the F-bomb in their meetings aspire thousands of people because they're tickling those people's ears and they're shedding on their emotions to try to make them feel better about themselves so that when they leave a meeting, they feel pumped up, hyped up, but they don't give them any principles on how to be successful. And people are flocking by the millions when we have the truth. Faith without action does not produce. It's faith and action together. Every time you read the Bible where a person received anything from the Lord, you will find that that person acting upon what they heard in the Word and accepting it as truth. When the Word goes forth, you have to accept it as truth. You have to base everything on the Word of God. The way you walk, the way you talk, the way you act is based upon the Word of God. You have to line your life up with the life of God. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So this is the life of God. This is the Word of God. This is Jesus. It's, he's even Jesus in the Old Testament. Because if you look at Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Genesis, Exodus points to Leviticus. Numbers and Deuteronomy point back to Leviticus. When you read Leviticus, it's about the royal holy priesthood, which is about Jesus. So the Word is Jesus. So you live your life according to the life, according to the light. For the life is in the light. And the light came into the world. And the world received him not. And he came unto his own, and his own received him not. Neither did it recognize him. So in other words, creation did not recognize the Messiah. Neither did the chosen people of God recognize the Messiah. But he had control of his creation. And he demonstrated that in not only his first miracle, but in several miracles. That he had authority over his creation. So the first miracle that he did was in John chapter 2, when he turned water into wine, which was actually a provision miracle. The Bible says he did that miracle to show forth his glory. Read it. Read John chapter 2. So he did that to show forth his glory. And not only that, there was one time that there was provision for food and a tree did not produce for him. So he told it to dry up and not produce anymore. And that same authority he gave to you through the saying. That's the reason why Pastor Marie and I put a strong emphasis on the words. Be careful what you say. That's the reason why the Lord speaks to us. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. And because of free will, that's that free will thing can get more people into trouble. And then we override it, and then we get ourselves into trouble, and then like, well, now we're in a heap of trouble now because we set it out of our mouth. I grab them words. Oops, sorry. So faith begins where the will of God is known. 
faith begins where the will of God is known. If the will of God is, by His stripes you are healed, then you can develop faith on that by the Word of God because you believe the Word of God. So faith begins where the will of God is known. Romans 10, 17 tells us, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. The Word of God will do four things for you. One, it will form a belief in you. Two, it will strengthen the beliefs of God in His Word that you already have. Three, it will produce a revelation. And four, if you do not have receive revelation, it will produce religion. The Word of God will do four things for you. One, it will form a belief in you. Two, it will strengthen the beliefs of God's Word you already have. Three, it will produce a revelation. Four, if you do not receive revelation, it will produce religion. What is religion? Man's vain attempt to reach God through works. There's a difference between the works of religion and the work of faith. The work of religion is like being a Muslim or an imam and you're bowing down and you do all these rituals and you have Ramadan for 40 days and you don't eat anything during the day and at night you gorge yourself and you gain 250 pounds after 40 days. Come on, hello somebody. The works of religion. I've actually ran into the people that say to me, you have a works mentality. Well, I'll show you my faith by my works. I'm not working my way to heaven or working my way to please God. Faith pleases God. I'm not working, but I'm going to work the works for a while it's still day because night cometh when no man can work. And the works that I'm going to work is what's been given to us through the blood of Jesus Christ. The blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, the dead are raised. And I'm going to walk my faith. I'm going to work my faith to get results, results in this earth. So therefore, by my faith, I'm going to reach into the spirit realm. I'm going to grab a hold of what I need by my saying until it is made manifest in the earth. Those are the works that God wants from us. That we work the word in our lives to produce good fruit. Hallelujah. So when you say, by his stripes I am healed, then you are healed. By his blood I am prosperous, then you're prosperous. Why? Because he became poor so that you and I could become rich. A person of full supply. We'll pick this up Tuesday night. Hallelujah. I want to encourage everybody to be here on Tuesday night. I want to give you some deep revelation of what we do I'll see you, so if you can make it Tuesday night, it starts at 6, 6 o'clock. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lift your hands toward heaven, if you would, please. Declare out of your mouth, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. By the blood of Jesus, I am prosperous. No weapon formed against me this year will prosper in any way. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. Greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. I am an overcomer. I overcome by the word of the Lord, by the words of the testimony of the book. And the words of the testimony of the book are in and out of my mouth. I win. I will not lose. I am victorious. I am an overcomer, I am healthy, I am whole, I am prosperous, and this year will be the best year that I've ever had. God is for me, nothing and no one can ever be against me. I am victorious. The glory of God abides in this earthen vessel. God lives on the inside of me. There will be more supernatural happenings this year in my life, in my family, than any other year. I declare out of my mouth 
This year is the best year I'll ever have. When trials and tribulations come, I will go through them unscathed. On the other side, victorious. Because God is with me. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. Satan is under my feet. Satan is under my feet. Thank you, Father, for everything you're doing in my life. I will fulfill the call of God on my life. I will fulfill the destiny that God has for me. I thank you, God. I hear your voice clearer this year than I've ever heard before. I thank you, God. The gifts of the Spirit will be an operation greater in my life than any other year. I thank you, Father, that I am healthy, I am prosperous. My soul prospers by your word. I will read your word. I will listen to your word. And I will be a doer of your word. This year is a year of change. Change for good. In my marriage. In my business. In my job. With my children. With my grandchildren. I thank you, Father. This year is a new chapter of a book of my life. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I declare. So let's just thank the Lord right now. Father, we just thank you. We bless you. We praise you. We worship you. We honor you. We exalt you. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you that we'll have a powerful week this week as we get back to work and back to the schedule. And Father, we thank you. And we bless you. We will not miss what you're doing this year. We will be on the cutting edge. We will be on the front line. And Father, we thank you that this room is full of people. Lord, that this is the year with explosive growth with people, explosive growth in the ministry. We thank you, Father God, that you'll lead people to hear the word and be touched by the mighty Holy Spirit. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody agree with that said? Amen and amen. We love you. If you can see you Tuesday night, we'll see you Tuesday night. God bless you. Thank you for joining us this week. It's our honor to serve you and be part of your walk with Christ. Don't forget to check out our website at lifefamilychurch.net. Have a blessed week, and remember, the best is yet to come.